Today's Bible reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of the many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, your, your word is sharp and, and appropriate and applicable to us today. Sharper than a two-edged sword, able to, uh, to correct and to encourage and to rebuke us and to challenge us and to uh, convict us as to what you are doing around us and how you want us to live. And so, Lord, we want to open our hearts this morning, this last time that we gather on a Sunday morning for 2020. Um, we, we want to be open, Lord, to not miss an opportunity to hear from you, to be led by you, to be encouraged by you, to be challenged even by you. And so we, we come before you now with open hearts, with humble hearts. We pray you would make our hearts like soft soil, that we would receive the word and that it wouldn't return void, that you would would plant in us seeds um, of hope and of life that would spring up in good time. And so we come before you this morning just asking Holy Spirit that you would speak to us. Open our ears and our, and our eyes and our hearts this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well... 2020 is almost done. We're not meeting next Sunday for a normal celebration, so this is the last time we gather. And uh, I'm, I really feel that uh, what we are, what, I, what I'm reflecting on today is something um, that's just so appropriate uh, in the context of this year um, as we wrap up talking about the spirit of Christmas, um, not the, the magical airy-fairy spirit of Christmas that seems to be in all the Christmas movies, but the true Holy Spirit who is all over the Christmas story, the real Christmas story, and who um, is so active in the stories of Joseph and Mary and and, uh, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and Anna, as we'll talk about today. 
Um, and and I, I feel that as we talk about being led by the Spirit or moved by the Spirit this morning, that uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an important way for us to finish the year. Um, and, and, and what I'm going to talk about, I guess, I, I feel kind of summarizes uh, what, what God has been teaching us this year and what God has been uh, shaping in us this year. Um, just a quick recap on where we've been so far. So um, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas, um, it was active in, in the story of Joseph, who was visited by the angel to say, you're going to have this boy, he's going to be called Jesus. Uh, and we learn about how the Holy Spirit um, conceives things that we don't necessarily see at first. And so we have to learn to recognize what is conceived of the Spirit. Um, and then what it means to be filled by the Spirit or filled uh, with the Spirit, we talked about last week. And, and by way of a little, little testimony, um, uh, last Sunday after the service, um, a, a young man by the name of Chris, uh, who some of you will have met up here, she lives in Geraldton, but, but has been here a little bit, came um, up to me and said, Luca, I, I feel like I need, need, need prayer. I feel like I need to have some prayer this morning. And shared a few things that he'd been going through and also um, that just God had been tugging on his heart that morning. And uh, I felt there was a few things. To do. We had a bit of a chat about a few things. And, and then we prayed. And God was faithful to really to fill Chris with his spirit, to wash, wash over him, to pour his spirit out upon him. And, um, you know, Chris explained that he felt as if he'd been just like washed completely clean and, and I could see, you know, even physically what was happening as we prayed, that the Holy Spirit was just doing his thing. Um, and that was such a, um, an awesome privilege to be a part of, to see Chris, who had been on a journey towards faith and was somewhere, somewhere on that journey, but last Sunday was a significant moment for him. Um, I guess as I was thinking about that, that particular uh, thing that happened last last Sunday, I was thinking about well, what what is it that leads to these kinds of God ordained moments where where the Spirit just comes um, powerfully? Well, I think the answer is that the Holy Spirit moves and prompts and leads people, uh, ordinary human beings like you and I. And and when this happens, and when we are obedient, we then become positioned uh, even better to receive Him, and and to receive what He wants to do in our lives. Uh, I believe that Chris last Sunday was was obedient to that tugging of the Holy Spirit. There's something grabbing at his heart. He didn't really know what it was, but to say, "I think I need some prayer this morning. I need to talk to someone about, um, you know, that I, that I need to pray." And 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 then as we conversed, I felt there was a few questions I needed to just ask Chris, and that all led to this beautiful moment where the Spirit just came um, and and just uh, God's Spirit was poured out over Chris, and it was a beautiful thing. Um, and so having talked about identifying what the Spirit's conceiving and how He fills us, I think today it's only appropriate and in light with, of the story of Simeon and Anna, how the Spirit leads. Uh, the, the, when um, we are moved by the Spirit or led by the Spirit. And so um, I'm going to have to reset my app because after the clicker not working the other week, we changed over to the app and now the app's not working. But that's okay. Um, it'll, one, something will work one day. Maybe if I just clap my hands, um, we'll, we'll go to the next slide. I don't know if that was the right slide, but anyway. <laughs> the, Spirit, uh, the, uh, the Spirit does glorify Jesus, mobilizes people, and edifies others. This is what we've been learning uh, through this, this, this uh, time looking at the Holy Spirit. 
Um, and today is called Moved by the Spirit or Led by the Spirit. Um, and so I want to just talk about two things. One is how we are led by the Spirit. And, and secondly, uh, what actually happens when we are moved or led by the Spirit. And so think about, first of all, how are we led by the Spirit? Is it like a force that pulls or pushes us? Is it a voice that we follow? Um, is it like a light that we see and we kind of walk towards? How, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Well, I think that a little Greek lesson is helpful here. Have a look at these verses. This is all the same verse, but in three different translations. NIV is um, like kind of middle of the road. NLT is more kind of trying to use modern English, in English, <laughs> English, and and ESV is for the the incredibly holy people who want the very literal translation from the Greek. Um, so we have moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, that's NIV. That day the Spirit led him into the temple. Same verse, different translation. And then, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. So which one's correct? Because they kind of all say different things, especially that last one. It doesn't say about moving or leading or prodding. or. Well, um, Aaron will be happy to know that ESV is probably the closest here. You use ESV most of the time, I think, Aaron. Although, a little Greek lesson is very helpful. Um, now, I don't usually pull out the Greek, but this was something that struck me when I was studying this about 10 years ago. There's a word in the Greek that gets usually translated as in, um, which is very close, n, like the, the letter that's like an e, and then the letter that's like a, an n, so n or ain. And so this is what it says in the Greek, ain pneumatos, or ain hon pneumatos, so in the Spirit. Um, but the problem with it is that the word ain means in or by or through or with. Now, if I say I'm in the swimming pool, that means one thing. If I say I'm by the swimming pool, that means another thing. If I say I'm swimming through the swimming pool, that's another thing. And if I say I'm with the swimming pool, that doesn't mean much at all. So, I mean, how do you have one word meaning four different words in well the thing about greek and english is that they're not the same it's not just that you have to translate the words is that the, the thinking is different and you can't just go like for like apples for apples that sometimes it's too hard to get a direct translation from one word to the other and that would seem fairly it would seem like you should be fairly straightforward with a simple word like a word that means in or by but this is the challenge that we have so is it in the spirit or by the spirit or through the spirit or, or with the Spirit? The answer is yes, right? It's, it's kind of the best thing I think we can, we can do to go, what does it actually mean, is, is maybe to look at this, this verse in Scripture that says, His Spirit joins with our spirit to testify that we are children of God. So there's this sense of partnership. There's this sense of this togetherness and synchronization with being in tandem with the Spirit. So is it that he was led by the Spirit? Yes. But was he in or by or through the Spirit? Yes. It's sort of, so we have to sort of just grapple with that a bit and go, well, it's not just about some external force that basically goes, I'm going to pull you now, and that's what being led by the Spirit means but much more of a, a closeness and a synchronization with as the Spirit goes, it's a, a leading that we then, because our Spirit's joined with His, we move with Him. So I, you can probably tell I'm, I'm struggling for the words because that is the reality of translation from Greek to English. And, and, and we have to, to grapple with this. Well, what does it mean? 
But I hope that this idea of partnership and synchronization and being in tandem with is maybe helpful. We think about being led by the Spirit. How do we learn to be and how are we led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, as one verse in the Bible says? I, I would say there's a few things. The first is preparation. And I'm going to... Yep, it's going to work now. That's good. Uh, preparation. Uh, this, this week... Uh, uh, um, we were having a chat in the office, and um, normally I prepare my message on Monday, but that kind of got delayed. Some things came up, and so as the week went on, I said to Aaron and Annalise, I just, I, you know, I'm going to be kind of busy on Thursday because I, I have to make up some time to prepare my message. And, and Aaron said, um, uh, what was it? Oh, you're talking about being led by the Spirit, aren't you, Luke? Why don't you just be led by... No, jokingly, of course. And I, not jokingly, said, um, well, actually, I find that when I'm more prepared, um, I'm more able to be... actually follow what the Spirit might be saying. If I'm not prepared at all, likelihood is it's going to be a hot mess. Um, that's actually really, really true of everything when it comes to walking in step with the Spirit. If we kind of think that living by and walking with and being led by and moved by the Spirit is this kind of like, I'll just, I just won't do anything and I'll just wait until the Spirit, and I'll go here and I'll go here and I'll go. We're not likely to be very led by the Spirit, but when we prepare ourselves in the secret place, when we're prepared in, in, in worship and in prayer and in familiarity with Scripture and in, in that secret place with God, then I think that lends us, leads us to be more uh, confident and able to be moved by, led by, in step with the Spirit in our everyday lives. Simeon cultivated this life of patience for and familiarity with God. He said, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he's literally, he's an old man, ready to die, but he's just waiting, being patient, waiting on God's time. And uh, so he's cultivating this life of just being patient and preparing himself. And his words when, his, when he met Jesus... Uh, what he actually said, which we, we read uh, in the reading this morning, they display a much fuller and richer knowledge of the Scriptures than even the Jewish leaders of the time. They, what he says, it demonstrates that he got it, that he cultivated a life with God in the secret place. Whereas the Jewish leaders were just all about the law and the rules and they just knew all the, all the, all the technicalities of everything. Simeon actually cultivated a life of familiarity with the tone of Scripture. And this is what familiarity with Scripture is, is actually about, the tone of God's voice. Not that you know everything that it says, but that you get to know the tone of His voice. Um, they say that babies recognize tone before any kind of language, any words. They, they hear the tone of the voice. And Jesus said in John 10, my, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They know me. And, and, and this is what it's like to be, a, to be in, sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We, we, get, we understand the tone. Sometimes he talks in different ways, uses different words, even different languages. But we understand the tone because we've familiarized ourselves with Scripture. Simeon was also very patient, the opposite of what 
all of us are five days before Christmas, scrambling, right? There's food, there's presents, there's all of the arrangements, and there's, uh, and it's the opposite of what Advent is about, a time of preparation, a time of waiting, a time of, of, of being, even being still. But this was Simeon's posture, and stillness is about, where, where scripture and familiarization is about the tone, stillness is about getting to know God's heart. That key scripture, be still and know that I am God. And finally, um, Simeon made time for the temple. What was the temple about? Well, to step into the temple meant that you were able to step out of everywhere else. And this is where place or presence, if you like, being in a particular atmosphere or setting where we're able to remove distractions. And I think these three things, which uh, it's probably no secret, I, I, you know, this is usually the same sermon over and over again. That's the, the secret of any preacher. We never preach anything different. It's always the same. Um, this would have been, you know, I know it's come up a number of times this year of, of time in that secret place with God, in stillness, in removing distractions um, in Scripture. A bit of a metaphor maybe to, to uh, demonstrate this. I need a volunteer, if that's okay. Um, anyone? Yoi, you'll do. Um, if you stand there for us, let's just imagine that this ball is the leading or the voice of the Holy Spirit. All you've got to do is catch it, okay? So catching it, the metaphor is like as, as you catch this ball, this very special silver ball, that's like hearing the voice of the Spirit being led by the Spirit. Okay, ready? You ready? You sure? Easy, right? Who can't do that? Problem is... It's not so much like that. Okay, I'm going to throw this ball to you again. I promise I will throw the ball to you. And you, you, will, you probably can catch it. It just might be a little bit difficult. Okay, ready? I'm going to throw this ball to you again. Again, this ball, this silver ball represents the voice or the leading of the Holy Spirit. One, two, three. <laughs> that is what listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit is like. As soon as we start to be still and maybe try and remove some of the distractions, all the other voices go and, and get raised. And, and, are all, and, and so it wouldn't have been impossible that you would be able to catch the silver ball, but it takes becoming really familiar and focused on that particular one and, and somehow fishing through all the others. And you know what? If we drop it, that's okay. You can find it again pretty easily. And pick it up and go, okay, I've, I've sorted through all the other voices, God. I'm hearing yours now. So if this is what we do, if we prepare ourselves, um, uh, what about when we're out of the secret place, that time with God in the morning, for example, or at night maybe? Um, we've, we've prepared, we're cultivating closeness with God in the secret place. How do we then identify his leading in the everyday? When we're standing in front of somebody and an opportunity for conversation comes up, when, when we feel that maybe I need to walk over to that person and, and talk to them or, or do something to, to help them, what, those, those prompts, those nudges, those leadings of the Spirit. I used to worry more about that and how to do that, and how that happens. And what I've learned is that it comes more naturally, and maybe even subconsciously sometimes, if the preparation is happening. That we don't need to worry as much about, the, oh, but how am I led by the Spirit? Or how am I led? Prepare ourselves, and it will come more naturally in the everyday. Uh, it's different for everybody. 
And so it's not much point in me standing up here and saying, well, this is how you do it, this is what you listen for, because we're all wired differently. God speaks to us in different ways. Um, it's also different season to season, so I could say something today and it's not going to apply for tomorrow. There are principles, and we could spend all day talking about that, but there's never rules. There's never these hard and fast rules. And in fact, if we make certain rules for how the Spirit of God is going to speak, especially when it's, we're talking outside of, you know, in, in His Word, because that is, that is a hard and fast principle, that primarily He speaks through His Word. But outside of that, if we try to make rules, we're actually going to get it go wrong anyway. For example, you know, my sabbatical that I um, was on August, September, October was primarily a time of preparation and of cultivating a life of just being you know, in God's presence and listening to what he was, was saying to me. And there was one time in particular, probably the most significant day of my whole sabbatical, I've only told a few people this, but um, I, I was praying about some certain things and kind of handing some things over to God, some burdens that I'd been carrying, and I was saying, God, what do you, what do you want to say to me right now? And, and a, a book of the Bible, now again, don't use this as a rule for how the Spirit speaks, but a, the name of a book of the Bible and a number came to mind. And as I looked it up and found that number, which was actually a date in that book, um, that date actually ended up being, if you went into the, like a translation to our months and days, was the exact day that I was reading that book on, that, that, that scripture on, which basically means that there was one in 365 chance of that happening. And I went, I think this might be you, God. Now, if I come to you and go, okay, look, I've learned how to listen to the leading of the Spirit. You do this and you do this and you do this. Now I'm a heretic. Because, that's, because that was a principle of, of listening to the nudge of the Holy Spirit and going, okay, I'm just going to follow your leading here. Not a hard and fast rule of this is how the Spirit speaks. Because he speaks differently to you, to me, in different seasons. What's required, though, is this. Faith and sometimes even risk. Because, you know what, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. We don't need to worry when we, when we get it wrong, if we drop the balls and have to just go back and, and, and go, okay, I think, I think you were saying this. Or if we mistake the silver ball for a yellow ball, go, I think this was you, God. Oh, wait, it's not. Because a wise person once said, you know what, God's grace is sufficient for us in this. If we, in cultivating a life of prayer and of stillness and of, of time in the Word and preparation of the heart, seek with all our heart to be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and in that process, with a genuine heart, we get it wrong, I don't think God's going to let our life or someone else's life be ruined in that process. His grace is far better than that. But what he is going to do is teach us in that process to step out in faith again, to risk again. And some of you have been hurt because you've felt like maybe you heard the voice of God or maybe worse, somebody told you this is the voice of God for something. And, and you went, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. And then it turned out that it wasn't God. And, and that led to a chain of events that maybe brought some, some hurt or some disappointment. God wants to use those opportunities to go, you know what? This is, none of us are perfect from the beginning in this. <laughs> we can learn. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry, oh, God, I, I missed it. You're disappointed with me now. We, we pick ourselves up again and we go, God, I want to be obedient to you. There was one, as I was praying about this last night, I had those two points on my slides, preparation and then faith or risk. And, and I, I was 
I was thinking about this, and I went, actually, I think I missed something. And, and I realized, and I was thinking about the life of Simeon, and I went, yeah, I definitely missed this in Simeon's life. How did I miss this? That there's another thing that God wants from us when it comes to how we learn to be led by the Spirit and be obedient to His voice, and that's desire. I mean, Simeon was this old man, ready to die, like, God, you've promised me I'll see the Savior, but, uh, you know, and when it happens, he's like, okay, God, you can take me now, I'm done, thank you very much, right? But all along, he has this hunger, this desire to see the Savior, he wants this to happen. It's not like, oh, okay, that's nice, God, but, you know, don't worry if it doesn't work out. It's like he, he, he has this desire, this hunger, this thirst to see God's chosen Messiah. And I think this is what, um, in that preparation and in stepping out in faith, God also wants us to cultivate, is a desire for him, for his presence. And if we're just like, oh, you know what, doesn't really matter, God. You know, if you don't show up in my life, oh, I'm still good, I'm still saved, I'm going to heaven... Well, maybe he's looking for us to go, God, I really want to experience, I really want to hear your voice. I really want to be in your presence. I really want to be used by you. Um, I guess what I want to finish on this morning is, is, is just to talk a little about what happens when we are led by the Spirit. Because maybe you look at that and go, well, I mean, what actually creates that desire? I mean, what if I don't feel that? Well, maybe sometimes the motivation comes from knowing what the result is, like what actually happens when we're led by the Spirit. And I think that the story, the Scripture today uh, teaches us something about this. What happens when we're led by the Spirit? Why would we want to desire that the Spirit to really move in our lives? Again, when we are led or moved by the Spirit, in other words, mobilized by Him, we, it, it leads us to edify others and glorify Jesus. That's been the common thing through all of these stories. Um, and you may uh, have noticed that you know, Simeon is moved by the Spirit, and as he is, he brings glory to Jesus. But you might have also noticed that what he says, what Simeon says as he's led into the temple and meets Mary and Joseph, is not particularly encouraging Notice that? Right? I've been talking about how the Spirit leads us to edify others. Well, Simeon says, a sword will pierce your very souls. Oops. I kind of broke, broke the rule there. But notice what happens. Anna, who's, who's uh, described as a prophetess, a widow for decades and decades, uh, who's been fasting and praying constantly in the temple since she lost her husband far earlier in her life. Um, We read this, coming up to them at at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, it doesn't say Anna was led by the Spirit or moved by the Spirit or in the Spirit, but I think we know that this is how the Spirit works, at just the right time. Have you ever had that happen before? That at the very moment we need it, At just the right uh, moment, someone arrives, someone calls, something happens. And this is is what goes on when we are led by the Spirit. What happens when we are moved by the Spirit or keep in step with the Spirit? This is what happens. We enter into God's beautiful tapestry. His weaving together of the bigger picture, the bigger thing that we can't see on our own even when we're in the middle of it, because it's so much bigger than us. 
When we're led by the Spirit, we enter into this tapestry that God is weaving together that none of us can see, but that all of us get to participate in. And, and as we wrap the year up, there's, there's no other way I would want to finish this year but then to say this. When we choose to cultivate a life where we're prepared in our hearts to receive Him, when we step out in faith or even a bit of risk to do what we think He might be saying and to desire Him, God, more than anything else, we all get to play in that. We all get to have a part in that. And when we step into it, we step into the bigger picture, the bigger thing that God is doing, even if we can't see it ourselves. God uses you in one way, and then he uses me in another way, and he uses us in another way. And together, God is doing something amazing. I want to leave us this year with a challenge for the Christmas week ahead. A challenge and an encouragement, really. Um, but first of all, that even just the next four mornings, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday's Christmas, even just the next four mornings, to spend that time of preparation with God. Be in His Word. Read, read Mark, Matthew 1, Luke, Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Luke 1, Luke 2. There, there's a good four days right? The Christmas story in the scriptures. Ask God, what are you saying, God, about how you use ordinary people like me? For example, maybe there's another question you can ask yourself as you read that. And be prepared then on Christmas Day or Boxing Day or whenever you gather with people, you know, neighbours or family or friends or however you do Christmas, be prepared, prepare yourself in the next couple of days to be led by and guided by the Spirit of God in those interactions. And, and this is my prayer, that we would be surprised, like really surprised at how clearly the Spirit of God shows us what we ought to do or say in these interactions. That it just, we just, as we prepare our hearts, we step into Christmas lunches and things that we do over the, the couple of days around you know, Christmas, Boxing Day, etc. And we just are surprised because it just seems so clear. God, I, I, think, I think you really want me to talk to Aunt Susie about dot, dot, dot. Or it just really seems that so-and-so's down. I need to have a conversation with him. Or you know what? I, I feel like I need to give so-and-so a call because I didn't think about it until now, but maybe they're alone for Christmas. I, this is what's struck me this year as I've been, I guess, trying to learn to be led by, prompted by the Spirit, that so often when we start to pray about these things, when we go, okay, God, I'm going to stop for a minute and I'm just going to listen. Not always, but so often it's so quick God surprises us so often. We go, God, I just want to be open. What do you say? And then some, something drops into our mind. We didn't, we didn't necessarily have to spend an hour in prayer and worship. God, I just beseech you, please speak to me. I, I, right? Sometimes when I do that, it's actually less effective. <laughs> but sometimes when we just stop for a moment and go, God, what, what is it that you something comes to mind and we've got to take a step of faith because it might have just been you know a thought that came from the bad pizza we ate earlier but it may have been the holy spirit i i, I did this last night because i thought i need to be practicing what i'm preaching here lord don't always do that and um immediately something came to mind and i went okay 
something to follow up on, see where it leads. I pray God would surprise us, just really surprise us with the joy of him speaking and leading us this season, even starting tonight. As we walk the streets or sit at IGA or sit in your, your front yard, a few of us who are doing um, uh, our carols by streetlight with the Sunshine FM music, that, that, God, that God would surprise you with opportunities for conversations, for interactions, that, that you just went, oh, the Holy Spirit doesn't actually want to make this hard. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. The Holy Spirit wants to make this easy for us. We just need to stop and listen. Father, I pray you would surprise us this Christmas. I pray you would help us just to tune into what you are doing, to step into what you are doing in the name of Jesus, that you, Jesus, would be glorified, that we would be mobilized to share the good news with others and that others would be deeply encouraged, not just, necess- not just with a word of encouragement or, or building up, but in particular, Lord, by, by hearing who you are and the hope that you bring. We pray in Jesus' name. As we wrap up this morning, I'd love us to stand and to sing a song. Um, I said to the guys, I, I don't know what we're going to sing at the end of the service today, but as we're worshipping before, um, can we have the key of A, Yoi? Um, that would be good. Um, this song came to mind, um, and, and I don't know why, other than it's kind of about what we've been talking about, but maybe this is just a song we need to sing to lead out um, of 2020. So why don't you stand and we're going to sing Breathe together. Okay. Ah. This is very strange. <laughs> yes. you're, you're talking about l- led by the Holy Spirit and live in the Holy Spirit. As Luke was just preaching, I was praying, asking God, what song? And that's, I want to show you. That's exactly the song I choose. <laughs> Breathe. Isn't that great? Yeah. Isn't that it? The Holy Spirit is inside us here. I want to testify to you. This is not what you call being prepared. Actually, I send Luke says being prepared by the Holy Spirit. Just, just walk by faith. That's it. And this morning, this is exactly the song. So we're going to sing this song. 